the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of the Wall Street Business Network, this station, its management, owners, or advertisers, and should not be construed as legal, tax, or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Insightful. Informative. Irreverent. We're ready. The Wall Street Business Network presents Rob Black and Your Money, your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finances, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800 516 1220. So call in, we'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now, to start your day with the latest news and market commentary, here's Rob Black on the Wall Street Business Network. Welcome in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Thanks for listening to the show. Um... A little terrorism hits the markets today, and basically an act of terrorism, uh, multiple, bomb, multiple bombs going off at a Belgium airport and a metro station, sends some people to towards risk aversion in the stock market. My job is not to be political. My job is not to deliver news. My job is to talk about business and investing, getting your retirement, but headlines sometimes take over that, right? Um... But just to show you how kind of cruel it is, biotech stocks are up big today. Eli Lilly up nicely today. They're not seeing risk aversion. They're not saying as stocks like, whoa, this is going to be all messed up. Uh, I bring that up because that's business now. At one point in time, the German DAX was down. Brussels and Belgium are pretty close to Germany, uh, geographically speaking. So European Union reacts towards terrorism, right? And what they saw in their stocks was a lot of confidence. A bit callous here, but it seems to be that it's going to take more than a person strapping a bomb to themselves and killing other people. It's almost as if the terrorists have to up the stakes, up the ante, to get the market paying attention. 9-11 was one of those events where you're like, whoa, buildings came down, planes were were taken over. That was upping the ante. Um, going into a nightclub in Paris with machine guns, it upped the ante, but only for a very short period of time. Given how far the market's come the last five weeks, you would imagine that an act of terrorism could have said, you know what, let's book some profits. Let's book some profits. I'm kind of surprised it didn't. The 
point of attacks were in Belgium's main airport and heavily trafficked metro area, metro station. Uh, pretty good choices. You're attacking commerce when you're doing that. That news is the story of the day. Yet global markets haven't c- come unraveled. I don't want to sound callous. I don't want to sound uh, as if like, eh, it's nothing but a thing. I don't want to make light of it. Loss of life and human injury and suffering is is unbelievably tragic. Does this show you the importance of how things can change instantly in your life pretty quickly? Absolutely. Um, I saw that three Mormon uh, students, young men, uh, were injured or were involved in the tragedy. And you're like, whoa. That's important to know how quickly things can change. I want to pass on that there's some understanding here that forevermore terrorism will be a perpetual risk. I want to say that maybe became a truth after 9-11. Maybe the Oklahoma City bombings. Maybe the Newton's Elementary School where a demented shooter went in and killed kids in kindergarten. Something to this day that can bring a tear to my eye. Whether it be Paris, terrorism now is a perpetual risk. Perpetual. In perpetuity, it's going to last a long time. You can't fight terrorism with military tactics and intelligence. At some point in time, we need to show the terrorists that we're diplomatic, that we have great countries and great politics and great democracies. You can divide terrorists, but you cannot conquer. There are no new fears that should float from today's stories in the equity markets. Some individual industry groups are overbought on the short-term basis. The airline index, for instance, has rallied 20% from its February 11 low. So if it's down 1% to 2% today, don't go, ooh, it was the terrorists that, that brought down the airline industry. No. So, of course, there's going to be a little bit of risk aversion today when you see headlines like United Airlines and uh, Continental saying things along the lines of, like, hey, our planes made it in safe today and we've accounted for all of our passengers and our crew. Yeah, people are going to be rattled, there's no doubt. Um, I'm taking a look at the airline index as we speak, and JetBlue's up. Delta's down fractions. Southwest is down, but Southwest doesn't even fly to Europe. Hawaiian Airlines is down, but Hawaiian Airlines doesn't even fly to Europe. Alaska Air is down, but Alaska Air doesn't fly to Europe, and they're down one-third of a percent. Um, And sometimes you could kind of extrapolate for sure um, and say, well, eventually it's going to come to the United States or Canada. Yeah, it probably will. So there's a little bit of a risk aversion today. And again, I think what I take out of today the most is that bad things are going to happen, and you need to be aware of that. And you need to ensure what's important in your life, um, just in case you're ever at the wrong place at the wrong time. But 
this shall pass. Again, seems incredibly callous. Speaking with a market strategist today, uh, I almost felt bad changing the topic to, so we've had a big rally recently. What do we do now? Um, it almost seems callous, right? Uh, but taking a look at the markets, um, the markets aren't reacting to this. The travel industry, a little bit. A little bit. And again, 34 people killed in twin explosions. You can say nothing other than um, it doesn't make a lot of sense to those families. Uh, innocent people. Uh, but going forward, again, the way I believe we're going to have to fight this is with diplomacy and, and getting to understand the problems in the Middle East uh, and trying to solve some of the massive inequalities in wealth. One of the reasons that I want oil to go higher is that a lot of countries depend on oil for jobs and depend on oil to support their people. So if we eliminate poverty, you eliminate the a lot of terrorism. It's easy to radicalize someone who is living in poverty. It's much tougher to radicalize someone who's got a decent way of life and could provide for his family. So will we have discussions today and will we look at Donald Trump and say, what's he going to say about immigration policies? Oh boy. Yeah. Will there be some you know, noise coming out of the UK? And David Cameron talking about, you know, membership in the European Union. That's a pretty big story. The biggest story of the day, sadly, is that Andy Grove has passed away. One of the leaders of Intel who was notorious for being a taskmaster. Changed the world under his tenure and what he brought to the semiconductor business and the worldwide computing power. Changed productivity, changed earnings for companies, changed the directions of all of our lives. And yet, stupid act of terrorism turns into the story of the day in not honoring the fallen Andy Grove from Intel. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Find me at robblackshow.com. You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black talking money, investing in more. Today, sadly, the story of the day is that we have to talk a little about terrorism in Brussels. Brussels is one of the greatest cities in the world, and the citizens are amazing. They're rising to the occasion today after a major hit to their airport and a transportation hub with their subway. Belgians are rising to the occasion. They're going to Twitter to offer up their homes and spare rooms to people stranded by terror attacks. This is very similar to what we saw after the attacks in Paris back in November. Twitter users are using the hashtags, hashtag open house and hashtag portrover to signal that they have space to take in people. It's a 
transportation nightmare to have terrorism hit a major airport. Um, but if you look at some of the tweets, you're like, people are pretty good. Um, there was one from uh, Vanessa where she goes, if you're around Schumann, uh, I live on Clarice Street. Uh, Lila wrote, if your family, if you are a family with small children looking for a place to stay, please contact me. Um, another guy, David, if you're in Brussels, we have a sofa. Uh, it's nice to see technology become very practical and very useful as a communication tool. And sadly, it's going to hit us all at some point in time. Um, especially in California. If you live in California, it's just a matter of time before we have to turn to Twitter to tell our loved ones we're okay. There was a big earthquake. Um, if you remember on 9-11, and I remember very clearly I was broadcasting that morning, uh, literally on the air, uh, two miles away from the airplane hitting the Pentagon. I was in Washington, D.C. I could hear it. And on air, I still have the, I did six hours of radio that day straight. I have the tapes where I, I'm like, well, either the Capitol just got hit or the Pentagon or I was trying to figure out what, what could have gotten hit. Um, and then, you know, a couple seconds later, you see that it's the Pentagon on the news. Um, but if you remember on 9-11, one way of communication that worked really well, obviously radio, but Blackberries. Uh, the citizens of New York, they had to turn to BlackBerry because that was working, texting messages. Uh, the phones weren't working. Uh, so I always like seeing these stories inside of stories where we kind of rise to the occasion. It's tragic to note that every other story today is going to be overshadowed by this story. Um I'll go with that, and I'll work with that. You know, Wall Street slips, for sure. There's no doubt, but we don't, we don't fall. Um, if you take a look at what happened in Europe today, if you take a look at what happened in the United States, we went negative, but we fought back to break even and pushing higher. Does that mean we don't take it seriously anymore? No. It, it means we're processing it. And like I said, what we want to probably start thinking of in the future is diplomacy and trying to understand the problems versus trying to mathematically dissect the problems. We can only reduce the threat of terrorism. Uh, people with very little means, uh, they could impact huge disasters on our communities. You can't divide them. You can't. You can divide them, but you can't eliminate issue so that's where we are today the pound is shrinking as again Europe has had a big problem for the better part of two plus years tied towards Syrian refugees fleeing Syria and Assad trying to come to a take their family take themselves to a world that's not filled with with terrorism or with wars and with strife. Um, and this will make the critics of, of open-door policies, this will give them some ammo, there's no doubt about it. You know, it was four days ago that 
intelligence communities in Europe were able to to grab someone, to arrest someone who was tied towards the terrorist attacks in, in Paris. Is this a reaction to that? I don't know. Would I assume so? Yes. So I'm not saying business as usual, but what I am saying is like process that this isn't drama. And that stinks. Because when you're talking about 30 plus people being dead, and you're like, that's no big deal. There'll be that many people killed today by drunk drivers in the United States. Um, that's tragic. And I hate saying that out loud. It stinks. It makes me feel like uh, I'm a rotten human being. But there's stories out there today about Marion and Sherwin-Williams. There's stories out there about Americans going to the polls again. Who are we going to elect? Silicon Valley has plenty of stories today tied towards technology, but we can't report on them. Even though it's supposed to be business as usual, we, we can't do it. I can tell you a, a great funny story, and you'll be like, that's kind of callous. Yesterday I was at my gym, and three Caucasian white guys were talking about uh, China. And it was kind of interesting, because I go to a kind of a country club kind of gym, and they're talking about, like, uh, the Chinese prime minister could probably run for president of the United States and win. And, ah, <laughs> these three guys laughed. And uh, they were talking about how China is buying basically all the United States, and China's buying all of our real estate, and Chinese people are, you know, uh, big consumers in the United States, and Chinese people are moving their families here, and Chinese-United States relationships are, you know, it's it's good to learn Chinese now more so than any other language. Like, you see Mark Zuckerberg in China, uh, because the importance of how many people are there. You see Apple's Tim Cook talk about the importance of China. Um, and then they made a joke that was, I would say, almost insensitive, like I said, tied towards Chinese premier could run for president of the United States and when and they all started laughing and then a, a Chinese guy walked right by and they shut up and then I looked around the locker room and there's three people maybe four people from China and to me that's that's commentary on America um, A of what's happening and what we fear and B the reality so I don't know. I threw that story in just to show you, like, yesterday that would have been more, wow. Tomorrow it could be more impactful. But today when there's terrorism, it's just a dumb story, right? Anyway, I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. You can find me online at Rob Black Show. Find me on Twitter, Rob Black Show. YouTube, Rob Black Show. Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW.
Welcome in, Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black, talking money, investing, and more. Let's bring in Patrick O'Hare, Chief Market Analyst, Briefing.com. Mr. O'Hare, how are you? Yeah, good morning, Rob. I'm doing well, thank you. How are the markets doing today in light of another act of terrorism in Brussels? All right. Well, you'd have to say, uh, all things considered, they're doing uh, you know pretty well. Um, you know, the S&P 500 little changed here. It's uh, battled back from some some opening losses, but uh, you know, holding relatively close to to where it started the day, which is, um, I guess you could say. You know, when you look deeper into it, probably not all that surprising. Um, you know, when you get a terrorist act like we saw uh, in Belgium, I think the market's first uh, instinct is obviously to be concerned, but uh, and then it quickly shifts into the thinking of, well, you know, what type of impact will this ultimately have on the global economy uh, and earnings prospects as a result of that? And judging by, you know, certainly the reaction we're seeing at the moment, we'd have to conclude that the market is not of the view that this is going to have really any major uh, impact as uh, as tragic as it is from a human standpoint. Have we become muted to terrorism, or is this just kind of a Brussels isn't as important as Paris, Paris isn't as important as New York? Is there some of that going on, or am I reading between the lines? Am I putting words in your mouth? What's your thoughts? No, I think I mean I think you're onto something in the sense that I think that really is um, you know, the markets are you know coming to that understanding that uh, there are going to be these tactical acts of terrorism in a world that has terrorists living in it. Um, you know, you, we can do a lot, and I would argue that we have done a whole lot to help prevent these types of acts, uh, but obviously when they hit, they're startling. Um, but, you know, if someone wants to strap a bomb to themselves and, you know, walk into an airport and detonate it, um, that can be very difficult to, you know, to stop, you know, all the time. And I think that what we're seeing here is a market that is understanding that uh, you're not going to stop at all. Um, you're going to do the, the you know, government agencies are going to do all they can to help contain these um, terrible acts. Um, but, you know, really at the end of the day, it still comes back to this idea of, uh, you know, how will this ultimately impact uh, the economy and earnings prospects? Um, and if you were to get something on a larger scale again, um, you know, we all obviously hope that that will not be the case of, you know, something on, you know, 9-11 variety or, or something really major. Um, the reaction would be much different. Um, right now, I think that uh, it's it's still you know looked upon as something that's uh, alarming, but not uh, altogether harmful as it relates to uh, to economic prospects. You know, not only in the immediate area, but but around the world right now. If I may say this, those first two opening lines by you were the first two uh, thoughts just genius and I, I totally appreciate you having the courage to say things like strapping a bomb to yourself is difficult to stop because I think at times when you see the headlines for the individual person they're like oh no should I sell stocks and to hear you say it's difficult to stop and you know it, it stinks but it's kind of a fact of life and I think it's important for people not to panic in a scenario like this um I'm not saying go about your day as you normally would, but don't panic either. 
Right. I mean, and, and uh, you know, it's, it's good advice. I mean, it's just, it's, uh, you know, as, as terrible, obviously, as 9-11 was, uh, and we certainly saw, you know, some material fallout after that uh, within the capital markets uh, as a result of that, uh, of that terrible act. Um, you know, the market eventually did find its footing, um, and it did, you know, rally back uh, and move back to new highs in subsequent years. Um, as earnings prospects and the economy recovered, and uh, and that will continue to be the case, um, you know, and say, you know, again, I mean, we can all certainly hope and pray that you don't get anything ever like that again. Um, you know, it would upset things, obviously, in a very short-term um, time horizon, but things will settle and the companies will recover, the economies will recover and and sure, you know, you, you, you regroup and, and you start, you know, moving moving up again. But but to your point, Rob, I think I think you're right. You know, you see some knee jerk reactions here, like say for instance today, we obviously are seeing the airlines uh come under pressure. Okay, we get that. Um uh, but you know, you look at a stock like Southwest Airlines, right? It's down. Uh Southwest doesn't even fly in Europe. So uh, you do get some knee-jerk selling interest and sort of a, a sell-first, ask-questions-later uh, uh, type of approach. Um, but you can see that, you know, you can see headline like this, what we're seeing out of Belgium today, also uh, resonate more in a market that's um, what we consider to be overbought on a short-term basis, and it, it provides a, uh, you know, an adequate cue anyway to start, you know, to, to perhaps take some money off the table in some positions that have made big runs. Um, but uh, but to the bigger point, like you're saying, it, it's not a, a basis to change the whole investment outlook uh, that you might have had going into that day. Is there anything else that we should hit on terrorism in Brussels and how it ties to the market, or should you and I start focusing in on uh, January, February, horrible months, we get this big rally back, now there's questions about the valuation of the S&P 500. Mm-hmm. Is it too soon to shift back to typical market commentary or is there anything else to add like yeah i'm at well, a loss you know, here i think the, the the thing to add you know um as it pertains to the eurozone here i mean it was already you know struggling to grow uh to sure. a great degree even before even before paris um really and now you've seen these uh these two terrorist incidents in paris and belgium now um, and probably within the eurozone, you might have a little bit of that nesting effect, you know, where perhaps people are, are a little more reluctant to go out into public places and uh, you know restaurants and, and of the like, and and that could, you know, over the next quarter here, you know, that could uh, drag on growth there in the eurozone, which of course is always going to continue to feed that belief. Well, the you know the European Central Bank will will do more if necessary, right? Um, so. Uh, even the European markets today didn't really react um, as negatively as you, as you might think. I mean, they're down modestly here, but but certainly you know nothing major. So I do think it it's still like there will be some impact here. Um, in the as I alluded to at the top of the hour, I think in the grand scheme of things, it's not going to be a major impact. But as it relates probably to the eurozone economy, uh, there'll be a slight negative impact there. I think um, knowing that there's been two coordinated terrorist attacks. Uh, in a short amount of time, despite the best efforts to help prevent these uh, acts, um, so that will that will kind of sort of impede those recovery efforts that the ECB is working feverishly to help uh, to help drive along here. 
is there any can you and I, <clears throat> Mr. O'Hare, say things like this is going to affect trade? Um, Donald Trump will say things like let's shut down the borders with Mexico because they're sending us their crazies. Um, will that kind of have the same play in Europe as far as let's shut down our borders so that we don't get terrorists coming from Germany to Belgium, Belgium to France? Um, do you have any fears that trade in Europe could be affected by this over the long term or – you know, Lord knows last time I went to Europe, I could have been in any country at any point in time. It's it's a pretty easy world to jump country to country in. Yeah, I you know, I don't think it will have any um, longer term impact here as, as far as okay. trade relationships go. I think what it what it does uh, potentially do is, is raise the the political temperature about the, you know, the migrant uh, crisis that's been afflicting uh, the European region, and sort of having that uh, uh, probably maybe an added desire here to kind of close uh, borders or, or certainly make it more challenging for uh, refugees to come into that area. Um, so it's, it's probably going to be more of a, of a political issue here, as it will be uh, more so a uh, an economic issue through the trade channel. What else should we talk about, Mr. Harry? Anything you're seeing in the the headline news or Anything that you're writing up these days at briefing.com that is important for us to note? Yeah, well, I mean, you mentioned it, Rob. Is that, you know the S&P 500s obviously had a, had a huge run here off the February lows, um, uh, but we're you know back to pretty much unchanged here, and we've come uh, along with that rally as earnings estimates have come down. So you do have a S&P 500 that's trading with a, uh, a fairly full valuation, uh, just under 18 times forward 12-month earnings, which is about a 10% premium to the 15-year average. Uh, and that's before long-term interest rates have really gone up to any great degree. Um, you know, they've come up sharply since their lows, but we're still down from where we started the year uh, on the 10-year. Uh, and it's also before you've seen, uh, you know, any real significant wage pressures filtering throughout, you know, all S&P 500 companies. And so what I'm alluding to there is that, you know, uh, the potential for profit margin pressure is, is building, I think, and uh, not really enthused by the return prospects for the market this year, given that full valuation and the fact that we have not yet seen a, decl- uh, a turn in the uh, earnings estimate trends uh, or a significant upturn really in, in economic growth. It's been better than expected, but it hasn't necessarily been strong. So, and then right now we're coming into the end of the quarter, and I think we're sort of in a, 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 a no-man's land, if you will, uh, into the uh, earnings reporting season that will begin in mid-April. So we've had a big run, uh, full valuation here. We're probably going to likely see a market over the very short term here sort of move sideways at best, I think, uh, but potentially be uh, subject to um, some more downside risk than upside potential in the uh, immediate future. Thanks very much. It's Patrick O'Hare with Briefing.com. A very sound interview about what's going on in the world. Very good insights. I appreciate it. Thanks, Mr. O'Hare. You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW on the iHeartRadio app. 
So, my name's Rob Black. Thanks for listening to the show. I kind of want to point out where the market gets things right and wrong and where the media gets things right and wrong. So I woke up this morning and one of my producers in television had sent a note to me. He goes, um, need you to focus on terrorism angle this morning. CNN, stock markets fall after suicide attack in Brussels. Like a special report. I don't want anything else. Guy has a bit of a problem with me. Um, but that shows you, again, how bad media is at interpreting what's important to the business world and what's important to the stock market. I could try to drum up stories, no doubt about it, on Europe and what they mean. You know, seeing people senselessly die in Brussels is tragic, and it's, it, it doesn't make sense. Um, but trying to put it into perspective of the market, it's a very small thing. These markets have seen Hiroshima, Nagasaki. They've seen World War I, World War II, the Korean War, Vietnam War. This, these markets have seen genocide in Africa, genocide in Asia, genocide in Europe. These markets have seen the Zika virus. These markets have seen the man, the man land on the moon. It's seen it all. They've seen repressions and depressions and oppressions. They've seen $150 oil. They've seen $20 oil. And through it all, you put it into perspective and, and continue to move forward. There's no doubt in my mind that there's a huge tragedy unfolding for the lives of many people in Europe. Uh, 20 plus people. I think the stories that you try to find here are companies that kind of like rise to the occasion or, or twists. You know, there's a knee jerk react, there's a knee jerk reaction in travel companies. Um, and like Mr. O'Hare said, most companies don't even, tra- most of these plane companies don't even fly to, to, to Brussels. But is terrorism spreading is a bigger question. Uh, we've seen it on every major continent, right? Um, is it right around the corner? Yes. But keep in mind, the boogeyman is also right around the corner. As is high oil, as is genocide, as is low oil. Um, so when it comes to investing, when it comes to the markets, um, sadly, but almost completely, you know, I'm not going to say understandably, we factor this in at this point in time. I'm not saying it's a cost of business because that's crude. But um, I, I think some of the ramifications stories are more important than the story itself. Like, I could have done a story this morning from the L.A. Times. Travel and tourism added 7.2 million jobs worldwide in 2015. Um, Chinese tourists, you know, continue to shop around the world. Growth middle class income in China and elsewhere has helped add 7.2 million jobs worldwide in tourism. Now... I could have done that story yesterday, and then today, will tourism be grind to a halt because of what happened in Brussels? Brussels is formerly famous for the muscles in Brussels, Jean-Claude Van Damme. Brussels is considered one of the top luxury cities 
cities of good living in the world. Do I think in any way, shape, or form that one act of terrorism is going to deter that or change it? No. New York City, one of the greatest cities in the world, and they had one of the most horrific terrorism stories ever to hit. Still a great city. So the long-term ramifications, as you can clearly tell, don't add up. There's a worldwide ranking of cities that are considered um, kind of like super fun to go to. And on that list, San Francisco is 28, Boston's 32. 21 on that list is Brussels. The top two U.S. cities, 28 and 32. Brussels is 21. Like, holy mackerel. Uh, so, again, clearly all our, our hearts go out with anyone, you know, tied and touched by this um, act of terrorism slash the casualties that it creates both directly and indirectly. Europe is taking the wrong approach to fighting terrorism, according to the French Prime Minister, Dominique de Villepin. Um, so there, the ramifications will, you know, will this lead the Europe, United Kingdom to say, screw it, we want out of the European Union. We'll, you know, we want to do things our way. Will this create more border controls and hurt commerce? Uh, the ramifications short-term in the airline industry creates buying opportunities. It doesn't create selling situations. Um, the question on you know, the war on terror, it, the fact is that Europe has gotten hit with two pretty big acts of terror now in a very small amount of time. And in this particular case, where at least 31 are dead, I think it's 34 at this point in time, uh, there was no data on it. There was no intelligence. And, you know, in our own backyard, we're talking about Apple and the FBI. And the FBI today comes out and says, you know what? We could probably hack the phone on our own. We may not even need Apple on this one, which is kind of just, okay. That's an interesting turn of events, right? Um, so I, my hope to you is that, again, that you don't sensationalize things. It, it just doesn't pay off. Um, as you get older, you, you learn that life isn't as dramatic as you want it to be and make it out to be in your 20s. You know, the pound plunged day after reports of attacks in Brussels. Knee-jerk reaction. Airlines plunging down 2%, and then they end up down 1% or less for the day. That's silly. Very limited damage. Um, and hopefully terrorists start to see that. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing more. Find me at robblackshow.com, Twitter, Rob Black Show, YouTube, Rob Black Show. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.